Good morning, everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to the Weekly Energy Boost. My name is Elisheva, and I am here this morning as... Good morning, everyone. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Please turn off your cell phones. Welcome to the Weekly Energy Boost. David and I are here, as we are almost every Monday morning, to share with you the spiritual energy forecast according to the wisdom of Kabbalah. We do that by pouring over texts. David actually has a number of texts in front of him this morning, just to illustrate a just point. Just to look studious. He just has magazines inside those books, and he is just <laughs> playing with us. But seriously, we are here to share with you what you can expect from the coming seven days from a, an energetic point of view and how you can use that energy to expedite not only your spiritual growth, but your fulfillment and your experience of joy and happiness and success. Mm -hmm. So the wisdom of Kabbalah, the word Kabbalah <clears throat> means to receive, and it's a wisdom that teaches us how to receive more from everything in our lives. We are on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, and Google Play. Did I say them all? I think yes. so. So you can subscribe and share this show with your friends. Today, oh, you can also, by the way, call in with your questions at 323-524-2599. Today we are talking about something that no one wants to talk about, which is making an effort. But um, we're, at least in the United States of America, no one wants to make an effort. Um, and this is not a political show whatsoever. It's just a commentary. Anyway, um, but before we get there, we've been speaking over the last, this is now the fifth week of the Omer, and the Omer is a time that we lovingly call a spiritual obstacle course. Mm -hmm. What part of the obstacle course are we experiencing this week? So there's a couple of energies that's, that are, that <clears throat> there are a couple of energies that are available for us uh, this week. First off, uh, we are connecting to the week that allows us to see a vision of our future. Uh, so if a person is struggling in a certain area of their lives, uh, something is concealed from them, uh, a message, clarity about your future, clarity about a relationship, clarity about your spiritual path. <clears throat> if you need that to be answered, we can give a couple suggestions about how to connect to that energy this week. Because prophecy, which is really just our ability to see the future, because we know that the past and the future exist in the present, and because there is no time, Kabbalistically and science backs this up, there is no time, we have the ability to actually see our potential destiny for the future. So this week, if a person wants to have that revealment, uh, there's a couple of things that they can do. Number one, we suggest this all the time, it's a Kabbalistic tool, but simply asking from the bottom of our heart to, to have revealed to us uh, and asking is a form of Kabbalistic prayer. It's an internal desire. It's an internal request to open yourself up to receive an answer. And you just have to direct your consciousness, your thoughts, your, 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 your energy, your focus on what that request is. And we can ask the creator, the universe externally or internally. We can ask for clarity about certain areas of our lives. And it's connected to a very powerful day, which is Wednesday night. It's called Lagba Omer. And Lag means 33. Yeah, Lag is numerical value 33, that's right. But it's also the, the word Gal, which is, which is the, the revelation, a revealment. So we have that energy where any area of our life where we feel blocked or concealed, 
we can open it up this week as long as we have certainty in that revealment. Mm-hmm. You have certainty to be able to access that realm. And also you are asking to be shown from the bottom of your heart. You're asking to be shown a revelation. And not just because you want to be comfortable and not make effort. That's a lot of times why people want to know something. But you want to know so that you can further do your spiritual work and transform yourself to be like the Creator. Yeah, this this uh, Wednesday night and Thursday is considered on the Kabbalistic calendar to be one of the most positive days of the year. Uh, we often talk about the Zohar as a source of wisdom and spiritual light. The, imagine that all of that light is accessible in its entirety on this one day. So mm-hmm. if you've been waiting to do any kind of important uh, conversations, contract signing, purchases. You know, we've been recommending not to do anything major. This is the one day in these seven weeks that you have blessing and support from the universe to go forward in whatever way you need to. But it, again, it's only about 25 hours, so make sure you use it Starting wisely. Wednesday night to Thursday night, that's correct. Right, right. <laughs> Do you, uh, by the way, we want people to be able to ask their questions, to post, to share with us, uh, both either on my feed or the Kabbalah Center feed, Elisheva is watching. Uh, give one point of consciousness, something that people can take with them for this week. The ability to have prophecy and the ability to see the future for the entire year, not just this week, comes from uh, a type of spiritual work that we can all accustom ourselves to. And the Kabbalists share that reality, our, our, our spiritual realm, our spiritual work can really be divided into two parts. We were talking about this in the car. That you are either in a place of concealment where things are concealed from you. That's when we're going through a tough time. That's when we have challenges and obstacles and we, we don't feel connected to ourselves or to the world. Those are times of concealment where it's painful. And then you have times where things are revealed to you. Uh, you feel like Things are working for you. You see the You're green in lights. The zone. You're in the zone. You have miracles. You have blessings. You feel fulfilled. Even without an external stimulus, you feel fulfilled. And really, life is divided into these two parts. And a person must know that, it is, that life is only consisting of these two parts. And why that's important is when you're going through times of concealment, which many of us may be going through that right now, there are things that we can do immediately that if we do them, we will be granted the vision and clarity of the future. So what do we need to do when we're going through times of concealment? We need to not beat ourselves up for mistakes that we've made. It says that when a person makes a mistake and when they've fallen, what they often want to do, they say, you know what, I've already messed up. I've already broken this diet. I've already you know, fallen back on my routine. I've already hurt this person. You know what, I'm just going to binge. I'm just going to go all out and just say, you know, who cares? Just screw it. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. The Kabbalists say it's very important if you've fallen or if you've taken steps back in any part of your life, business, relationship, spiritual work, it's very important to rejuvenate yourself at that moment and immediately start over. Immediately start over and not even think about the fact that you've fallen. Because a lot of people, that's what they do, right? They, they, you, you taste a little bit of darkness and then you say, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to just going to do 18 other things that are wrong because who cares? I've already messed up. Very important. If you want to have prophecy 
and vision for your future. It's in those tough times when you fall to immediately rejuvenate yourself and get back up. That's one point of consciousness. Right. Many times the, the test, you know, we, we, we look at tests in life or challenges in life as pass or fail. Right. According to Kabbalah, the measure we are, we are going to fail. We're going to fall because that's part of the growth process. The real test is how quickly does it take you to get up? Right. How quickly does it take you to dust yourself off and keep moving forward regardless of the fact that you've fallen back, fallen off, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. And it's powerful for people to know that some of the mistakes that you've made, you had no choice. You had to make them because your test wasn't whether you were going to make that mistake or not. Your test was how you were going to feel about it after right. you failed. Now, we have a really good question here, and I'm going to interrupt with it because I know we have 80 other things we want to talk about. What happens when that falling involves hurting someone else? Yeah, I got that too. So let's say you've fallen in hurting somebody else. Do we want to give a specific example? Uh, do you have a specific example from a student maybe of someone who's hurt somebody else and is feeling really bad about it? Let's say you hurt an ex. Let's say you hurt your, your, your kids. Let's say you hurt your parents. Let's say you hurt a business partner. What do you do about that? You're asking me? Yeah. I think they're asking you. They're asking me. <laughs> well, there, there, I think that there's there's a, a whole process um, that the Kabbalists recommend for rectifying when you've hurt someone else, right? You know, you can go in and you can say, okay, well, you know what? I see where I what I did wrong. I know that you know I can I can see clearly where I slipped or where you know when it when it went from a you know a, a heated interaction to something that was below the belt right. or you know I really just decided I don't care and even when you said you know you people say well I already messed up so I might as well go all the way we, we do unfortunately once in a while go through that with a with another human being as well and I I think that um, you know. If it is possible for you to actually go and apologize, not not a, an empty apology, but a genuine apology, that's always a good thing to do because that sense of taking accountability and responsibility, again, the word genuine is important because if you go and you say, you know what, I was, I had a bad day, I shouldn't have taken it out on you, um, you know, there's no excuse, and I want you to know that I really, I regret all those things that I said or whatever, da 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 da. da. The real test, according to Kabbalah, is, you know, if it is something that you really do regret and you you feel that remorse and you've done what you can do to amend the situation, you're going to get the opportunity again. And that second chance, not necessarily even with that individual, the same individual it might not happen with again, but uh, another scenario will come up where, where the same button is pushed. You'll have the same... Um, circumstance similar circumstances and you will have the opportunity again to hurt the person in front of you the question is then do you do it and and if you can manage not to do it you really do you have completely changed that initial incident that you hurt the other individual so Elisheva's suggestion is literally how to confront a situation one potential way to confront a situation where you've hurt somebody if I had to take it a step back and say now that you've hurt someone before you've confronted them Let's inject another component of spiritual work. And I think that what people sometimes get confused is, you know, do I feel bad about it? Should I not feel bad about it? Do I move on? Do I not? Spiritual work is about you being in control of your emotions and what energy you inject forward. By the way, one second, before you get to the examples, 
this is actually, it is what we wanted to talk about this week because it is the energy of the week, this whole idea of making an effort. Right. Right. So, you know, if, if you're the type of person that's going to run up and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And, and then send the person 100 roses. Right. The effort is not in the apology and the sending roses. There's some other deeper aspect of personal work to be done. Right. there, And that's what we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But I just want to set the stage that this really is exactly what this week's energy is asking us to do is to look at where is the work for us, right. not what is the other what, what, what needs to be done to the other person or for the other person. It's where is the effort for me? And that's exactly what I was going to inject now is is. Before you do anything, you have to take control over your emotions. The problem is when people feel bad and it's the external forces making you feel bad, meaning you have these external negative feelings controlling your mood, controlling your day, controlling your thoughts, controlling your actions. This is what we call when you say external, behavior. though, you mean it's the situation that's the making situation you feel is bad. making you feel or bad. the people who heard you go off the handle are making right. you feel you're bad. not choosing right now to proactively feel the pain. The pain is being thrust upon you. Right. If you feel that you're not choosing it means you're in a state of reactive behavior. And we've learned that when a person is reactive, they're disconnect, they are disconnected from the light of their creator. They're disconnected from prophecy, from blessings, and from miracles. So the idea is, okay, I've hurt somebody. I feel bad about it. It's the situation making me feel bad. I need to reverse it. I need to say right now, you know what? I'm excited about this opportunity that I will grow. And I'm excited for the opportunity that I will help this other person grow. I'm choosing now to feel pain about the fact that I hurt somebody else, right? I'm choosing that. I'm not letting the pain choose me. I'm choosing now, I'm gonna take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and I'm gonna feel the pain of my action. Do you understand how now you're taking control of that process? As opposed to people who make a mistake and then all day long they feel guilty, that's the guilt controlling them. If you wanna feel guilt, you can only feel it if you're choosing to feel it. You're making a decision and saying, I'm going to now feel pain about it, and then I'm going to turn it off, and then I'm going to move on with my day because feeling bad all day is actually being selfish, and it's taking from everyone else around you. It's going to cause you to make more mistakes in your business if you feel bad all day. It's going to cause you to make more mistakes with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with your girlfriend. You're going to be in a bad mood. You're going to have a poo-poo face. You're going to be passive-aggressive. You're going to say things you don't mean because hurt people hurt people, and when you're hurt, you're going to hurt other people unless you take control over your emotions. So if we've made the mistake of hurting somebody else, which we all do that, we say, you know what? I'm excited about it. This is a spiritual lesson for me. Nothing comes from the creator that is not ultimately for my ultimate good. I'm going to now go through a spiritual process to fix it inside me and fix it inside them. And then that's what when Elisheva's suggestion comes into play, which is first, why did I do it? What is about me that I need to change so I don't make the same mistake again? Second is... Should I confront the person? Should I apologize now? Should I apologize later? Because sometimes people are reactive to apologize because you know, they don't want to feel pain, so they just want to go fix it real quick. right? We have the fix-it people. I just got to fix it. I just got to fix it. I, I, can't, I can't feel like this anymore. I got to fix it. Sometimes you have to sit in the pain and to learn your lesson, but it's a choice that you make. Right? So it's, the idea is not to be controlled by anything external, but you're making the decision to move forward. In, in what David said, I think there's something very powerful that lends itself to any, I mean, we, we were talking specifically about when we hurt somebody, but, you know, what, what ends up happening when, when there is 
uh, uh, falling some kind of darkness, even if it's nobody, nobody was around to watch it, right? Like you right. said, I, I cheated on my diet, right? Nobody's there to witness that lack of discipline or whatever. You know, that, that falling lasts a minute. It lasts five minutes. It might last 10 minutes. But when you feel bad about it for a week afterwards, you're just perpetuating that darkness. Right. And I think that sometimes that guilt looks like taking responsibility. I'm such a terrible person. Right. I'm so weak. I'm so, you know, we beat ourselves up. There is no revelation of light in that whatsoever. It's simply staying in the darkness. And when you're in the dark, you can't fix it. Right. I know a lot of people who feel like staying in a state of pain and sadness is actually a positive thing. Like, for example, I know people who've who've had friends pass away or parents pass away or, you know, a spouse pass away. And what happens is I remember speaking to somebody that it was it was maybe five years, five years ago or so that their spouse passed away. And I said, you know, have you moved on? And, and she's like, oh, no, no. I cannot move on because it would be an injustice to my husband who's passed away. And that's just that's just fallacy because a person choosing to stay unhappy is basically completely disconnecting from the light of the creator and from the soul that's left this world. Because if you have somebody who's passed away and the best way to connect with them, the best way to elevate their soul is to do your spiritual work and for you to reveal the light, which means for you to reach a higher state of happiness. So sometimes the only way to elevate the soul of a spouse who's passed is by remarrying and connecting to happiness. And sometimes that spouse who's passed away also comes as a soul into the person you're about to marry in the physical world, which is a whole other reincarnation discussion, which I know people want to know more about. But the idea is you have to choose happiness. And sometimes you have to choose pain for a short period of time in order to grow into happiness. But it's all about you making that choice. Well, that again goes back to this week. You know, let's say, for example, um, someone hurts us. Okay. Right? So somebody hurts you. And many times I've had people come to me and ask, what should I do? Should I confront them? Or should I let it go? Right? Or should I should I say something? Should I not say something? Should Right. And, and I think that, first of all, the fact that there are only two options is part of the illusion. Right. right? There's there's many different ways. And and part of what we've been talking about these last few weeks is the need, the importance of staying open and letting the universe show you this is the right time. It's not the right time and being willing, even if you have a plan to to change that plan at any moment. But when you're faced with the decision of what should I do, this is the that's what one of the amazing things that we get from this week is that. The, the what's an effort for you is the answer. So, you know, many times, um, you know, if you're the type of person, and this is just an example, right? This is not a, um, uh, you know, cut and dry one rule for everybody. But let's say, for example, you're the type of person that if they get hurt, you shut down, right? You draw the blinds, you close the, the curtains, you close your mouth, you retreat. The effort then would be to stay open and com- and talk about it, right? right? Even if it's not necessarily with the person who did it initially, you may have to go to somebody else and talk it out before you can approach the person who hurt you. But the, the effort, right? It's not about what's the spiritual thing to do. Is it spiritual to confront? Is it spiritual to say, hey, you hurt me? That's not the question. The question is, where is the effort for you? So if you're the type of person that shuts down, the effort is in not shutting down. Right. And if you're the person that goes to the other, you know, walks up to the person two seconds later and says, you son of a blah, 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 then the effort for you may be to sit down and and meditate, you know, quiet, you know, close the curtains and see what's going on there. 
So, you know, that our tendency is to say, oh, well, you know, I, I, um, I don't want to raise my voice. Raising your voice can actually be the spiritual thing to do if that's what's difficult for you. And I assure you that all of you people out there who have trouble raising your voice, when you raise your voice, it sounds like, excuse me, um, you hurt my feelings. It's never going to sound as horrible as you're afraid it's going to sound. We have a caller. You want to take it? Uh, sure. Good morning. Hi, Who's this? David and I, this is Michaela. Hi, Michaela. How are you? I'm I'm good. Um, I have a question about some of the stuff that's going on this week. Um, it's related to this topic. Uh, my heart is pounding. Um, as you are aware, there's been a lot of talk this week about some of the laws that have been passed in the United States and the controversy around uh, women, women's bodies. And I know it's a big topic, but my question is actually personal. Um, I thought long and hard about how to contribute to this conversation and bring light to it without, you know, alienating people or making there be more negativity in the world. Um, but I felt in my heart so strongly that I have to, I have to say something. Um, so my question for both of you is how, if it's very hard for me to speak up on it, then what I'm hearing from you is that I should. Um, but how is the best way to speak out on a topic without, you know, lowering the frequency? I don't want there to be a lot of blame and shame. Okay, but I do think it's I think it's important for for at least some of us to like speak up. Okay, let's go there. Thank you, Michaela. You know what's interesting is that we had a show a few months ago. I think it was about food and eating, if I'm not mistaken. And we had a great question that somebody sent in by email. Do you remember? So first of all, Michaela, we'll answer the question, but. Um, the question was about veganism, and I think that anytime oh, yeah. you come into a, a, a topic about <clears throat> you know controversial topic, topic activism, protesting, you know uh, such passionate feelings around something, and obviously you know everybody has their the th- those causes that they're most passionate about. We 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 took it to a whole different place, which is what's the goal. Right. So I, I want to make sure no matter what we talk about here, you, that Michaela, you go back and listen to that show because we really did talk about how to communicate when you're passionate. And at the same time, you want to come from an elevated place. And like you said, not bring down the frequency, not not take it to a dark place. Go for it. All right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, you may want to stay tuned for the rest of the show and see where this goes. <laughs> we don't know where it's going to go, but this is obviously a high point of controversy. And let's not just abortion, right? So that's we have everything. We have politics. We have gay rights. We have we have uh, equal pay. I mean, the the list goes on and on about divisive topics that 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 people want to know about. And we always talk in the spiritual realm. But what about this practical issue? You know, should you be the person that goes out there and fights for something? Should you be the person that takes a step back and says, you know what, I'm going to take a different approach? And what's the clear answer? I'll tell you my take on it. I don't know if it's right or wrong. 
but this is from taking spiritual knowledge and information that our teachers have given us and trying to make the best decision for myself. It, it, it can be uh, – by the way, we should, we should end the call. So, you know, you can have your opinion and feelings about something being right or wrong. That's absolutely – you know, that's great. And we should have that. We should have those feelings. But at some point, each person has to make a decision for themselves – what reality they want to live in, okay? So like I, I look at life as two realities, as you can take a, fi- a, an, a physical approach to fixing problems or you can take a spiritual approach to fixing problems. So I made a decision at some point in my life that every time something bothers me, I'm going to only take a spiritual approach to fix it. Doesn't mean I won't do physical things, but I'm not going to think that the physical actions are what are going to fix the problem. So for example, if... That what's happening with abortion in the United States is bothering, bothering you. You have two choices. You can either say that my soul came to this world and is meant to fight and be an activist and fix it through that modality, or I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to realize that when something is bothering me, like something as severe as abortion, I'm going to take a whole spiritual approach. I'm going to look inside myself. I'm going to transform myself. I'm going to transform my consciousness. You know, I was praying this morning and I was sitting I was sitting in prayers this morning with the guys and I just closed my eyes and I said, you know, I could fix the entire world right now in my own mind. And I started to meditate and on the whole world. I'd rather do it that way and literally keep training my consciousness and keep training that muscle to affect people because I know our teacher, Rav Berg, he would just sit in a chair and he would shift the world through his, through his consciousness. And we know very great spiritual elevated souls who could literally shift worlds spiritually and physically just by sitting in one place and strengthening their consciousness. So for me, I've decided to take that approach that the war I'm going to fight is very much internal on a soul level on a cellular level and a consciousness level. Now, that's my choice. I practically think that fighting these wars in a physical way, in an activist way, is very draining. I've seen people lose their lives. I've seen people lose their friends. I've seen people lose their marriages. I've seen people lose their money. I've seen people lose their business when they fight. Well, at the very least, I mean, I, it happened a couple of years ago. I had a, I have a student who was very passionate and active on social media and, and, you know, um, promoting her, her opinion. And she became a very angry person. Mm -hmm. She was at the end of the day, she was drained. She didn't have time or energy for her kids, for her partner. It was just very, and for what, right. You know, how many, how many minds did she change through her angry posting and writing and, you know, signature signing is it worth it? And and that goes back. I mean, for me, as you were saying, I, I heard in the, in the last, you know, when we teach Kabbalah One, that last class is all about the most powerful thing you can do for the world is change yourself. Right. And we've so, heard that before. It sounds cliche almost, but right. yes. But the, and 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 to really look, you know, there are some people obviously that are in a position to influence and and help people see different opinions, different. Um, perspectives. And if you can do that in a way that brings you peace, go for it. Right. And I was just about to say exactly what Alicia said. And, and, and please comment, agree, disagree, or you have questions, please write it in, in the comments. But if there are a few people, because here's, here's the retort to what I just said. 
But what? But if we don't, if somebody doesn't fight back, nobody fights back. You know, then we're all going to become slaves to whatever the policy is. And I would say there are a few people in this world who they're who they came to this world for that purpose. Right. If you feel that your creator has chosen you and made you a channel to be the one who goes to Congress, right. be the one who runs for office, be the one who starts a generation of people, you know, uh, fighting for a certain cause, then absolutely you must follow your path and your mission. W- Unfortunately, I meet a lot of people who I, I and they know what their path is in this world. And it has nothing to do with being an activist. But because they're we, upset we even and use afraid, those words. they want to be an activist. We say it's eating me up inside. Right. Guess what? If, if it's, it's eating it's, you up inside, it, does, it most likely means that it's not for you. Right. And, and, and it may bring you illness right. in the end. Right. Physical wellness challenges because the, the imbalance inside you is so strong and your body's trying to tell you, you know, focus, focus right. on what you need to focus on. So, the, the again, the effort, because this all goes back to, is this really for me? Is it harder for me to speak up? And and again, for Michaela, I wouldn't say harder because sometimes people go, oh, it's hard for me to stand on one leg. So I'm just going to stand okay, on one leg because okay. it's harder for me. There's so the what, what word would you use instead? Make I, stretching myself? I, I, I think getting I th- outside of my comfort zone. I think zone? once you've started some of the other topics we learned in Kabbalah one, which is taking personal responsibility and transforming your reactive nature, and then you want to know what to do. Oftentimes, what you want to do will be challenging. And the reason is because your selfish desires will always point you to the comfortable direction. Like you said, it's part of knowing the things that you need to transform and how this situation that I'm facing right now is is providing me with the opportunity to transform this thing. All right, so let's go back to understanding this topic. Each person needs to be able to know themselves. And once you know yourself and you have self-confidence and you've broken through your personal fears, then you'll have clarity and vision as to should you be an activist, should you engage in conversation, should you push your opinion upon others, or take a step back, stay in your lane. Because what's happening in this world today and what the opponent, the negative side, which is that negative uh, energy uh, influence that each one of us has that causes us to be reactive, the opponent's job is to constantly confuse people and to make them not be focused on what they are meant to do in this world. So what happens is you have the jack of all trades and the master of none, and everyone's just involved in everything and spending some time here, some time there, and in the end, they have nothing to show for it. Ask yourself, what is your personal mission? What is, what is your purpose? If it's not to push policy in a physical world, let go. Focus on your business. Focus on being happy. And that doesn't mean you don't exercise your right to vote. And that doesn't mean that you don't like the the posts on social media that resonate with you. But that you make sure that you're focusing your energy where your energy is going to be best Don't take it personally. Don't make it about you. If you really want to make a difference in the spiritual realm, there's ways to do it. But definitely being upset about it. Is not. It's only bringing toxicity to the, to the universe. And I and I remember something else. Some famous comedians, very famous, like the ones in the in the late shows, they said that the they have to make sure that they bring comedy to the world, and they're never upset about what's happening, right? Because he said as soon as it's personal or it's upset, it's no longer comedy, and people shut down. People will not want to watch the the Tonight Show if <laughs> if 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 the person who's giving the Tonight Show now, who is it? 
It's not Conan O'Brien. No, it's not Conan. Let's say, let's just say no. It's not Conan. It's uh, I have his face. Jimmy right. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Sorry. I get so that, if Jimmy Fallon is upset about something, he can't make jokes about it. They yeah. said that you can only make jokes when you're not taking it personally, which means that you can really only affect people in this world when it's no longer personal or and coming from your own to the fear. Outcome. Exactly. Exactly. Right. There's a lot of posting. Again, I look at my own social media feed and it's a lot of it is people trying to convince people that they're wrong right and that if your goal is to prove people prove to people that they're wrong you're going to be miserable right it's a very different energy around increasing awareness elevating consciousness inspiring has a very different energy than proving to people that they're wrong. Right. And we're not talking right now to millions of people. We're talking to thousands of people. And I believe if the creator has brought you to this show to hear it, the, <clears throat> the reason probably is you're one of the people that is going to fight this world in a spiritual level. Because we have already billions of people who are fighting each other. Why do you need to be one of them? You're listening to this show. You're probably studying Kabbalah. You're desiring some form of spirituality. That's what the creator brought you by accident to this live podcast or whatever it is if the creator has brought you to hear these words most likely it's because your purpose is to make a difference in the spiritual world and by the way people who have mastered the spiritual realm are much more powerful than people who master the physical realm because the physical realm is just a shadow of the spiritual world and the spiritual world is a reflection of our own internal consciousness and our own negativity so if you truly do change your, and break your fears and deal with your lack and your pain and your grudges right. and all that stuff in the past, someone making you will control this world. The perfect comment to, to this conversation, some people would rather be right than be happy. And, yeah. and I think that that's one of the things that, that um, can, one of the, the ideas that can help you navigate it is if putting your energy into something makes you more upset than it does happy. Exactly. Pivot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> pivot, pivot, and pivot quickly. Now, the 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 other, um, you know, I think guiding light in this conversation is again, what is an effort for me? And I want to make sure that we we put put a period at the end of that conversation because I I think that a lot of us look around us to to measure. Am I working hard enough? Am I making the right effort? And, you know, the people around me are doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not right now. Is that right? Is that okay? You know, am I doing something wrong? And there's a big danger in looking around you to make, to, to check. Am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? So let's break down effort. I think some components of effort that is universally positive for everybody is structure. If you put structure into your life, you'll see how hard that is, especially in a world right now where there's constantly there's there are forces pulling us side to side. If and there's you, also lots of escapes. Th- there's it's a lot very of easy to escape today more than Common ever. denominator I've seen amongst very successful people that I personally have, have interacted with is they all have some form of structure. They all adhere to, to uh, a way of living and working that regardless of how they feel, regardless of how much rejection they go through, regardless of what other people say, they still adhere to the structure. And that's very important because if you're the kind of person that works based on how you feel – Based on if you're in the mood, based on if it makes sense and it's logical to you, you can't be successful because you're always going to be pulled by the opponent side to side and you will you will never be exerting effort. Effort is doing something when you're not in the mood to do it, but you know that it's right. What's give me an example, even a personal example of something that you did like that, that that you weren't in the mood to do. I mean, 
I see it frequently in the spiritual path, let's say, with, uh, you know, with having a schedule of meeting people or taking certain phone calls, uh, especially if it's business or spiritual. I, I say to myself, oh, I'm not in the mood to do that right now. And I say, what, what do you mean? I'm not in the mood. It's what needs to be done. And I'm going to do it. Right. That's what it. it. Not in the mood is allowing your emotions to control you rather than choosing. Which is the right? essence of reactive behavior, which right. is the essence of connecting to the dark realm, to connect into chaos. So this week, forget about what you're in the mood to do. <laughs> like mood. What do you mean mood? We came to this world to overcome our mood. And when you overcome your mood, you have a good mood. That's what's interesting. A bad mood just means you're a slave to your mood. That's what a bad mood is. Because a bad mood means I don't, I'm not connected to the light. Well, why aren't you connected to the light? Because you had a mood this week and you were a slave to that mood. You wanted to be comfortable. You wanted to just feel good. You wanted to just be in your own and, world. But there's, that's the point is that it's easier to stay at the mercy of your bad mood than it is to make the effort to step out of it. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because anything that's going to bring you miracles is going to feel like death initially. It's going to feel painful. It's gonna, you're going to feel like an invisible wall that doesn't allow you to do it. So I would ask the audience now, practically right now, what today or this coming week is something that you know you need to do to break forward, but your mood isn't inspiring you to do it. And don't wait to be inspired. People, no billionaire waited to be inspired. You know, they don't wait. No one's waiting. They are visionaries who say, this is what I see. There are a thousand forces against them, but they keep moving forward. That's it. And I think it's a very important component of prophecy and vision. If you want to see the future, you cannot be a slave to your mood. Okay, that's structure. What else? What's another um, component of effort. effort? I would say, where is your mind? So it says, the Kabbalists write, that a person who is, who is still thinking about something from their past and that thought drains them, it's the equivalent of, of deleting 10 years of spiritual work. It's actually to a total disconnection from the realm of miracles. So effort means also controlling your mind, and especially in the frame of do not go into your past and dwell on stuff that brings you down. So anytime you think about your past and it brings you down, it is a mistake. You must move forward. The, and, and the other thing Rav Ashlag, the founder of the Kabbalah Center, says is, a person who is not moving forward is bound to have chaos. You have to always move forward in everything, all the time. That's what effort is because people want to stand still. Mm -hmm. Because we came from the creator and the creator is a still force, meaning it's a static force that is everywhere all the time, never moving, we want to be like our root, which is still. So we don't like to move. <laughs> but the irony is or the, the ironic thing is that in order to connect to the creator, which is a still force, you have to move. You have to move to enjoy comfort. You have to move to have peace of mind. If you stay still, you will have chaos and you'll have anxiety. People who have anxiety are usually people who are not moving forward from their chaos. Do we have we another caller? Okay, great. Good morning. Who's this? Yes, good morning. This is Larissa Lajani. Um, I am calling from Honduras. Wow, Larissa, welcome and, uh, to the show. 
Well, David, David knows me. I live in Medina Beach, and I'm going through a very, very um, ugly divorce. Um, I, my nature is always to go to the safe side, give up, and, you know, no confrontation. It's not worth it. My peace of mind is more important. So somehow I'm fighting with my husband here for existence in Honduras and an estranged husband. He's not supporting my children, myself, for the past three years, and we run away to the U.S. with the help of the embassy, not paying child and spouse support. And, and I spoke to Jim, he was my teacher for about 12 years, so he knows the situation. I haven't spoke to him in a long time. Now, somehow, the energy this week, I haven't been back for eight months since I'm fighting in the U.S. with the courts. I just came here to check the status, and somehow, as if God puts in the plate, um, my husband has been taken to jail. So now, um, for me, the call where I, again, normally... Larissa, Larissa, before before you continue, just because, obviously, this is not going to be a personal meeting. This needs to be something that we can bring a powerful lesson for you and for all of our listeners. Can you ask us a question? Because I know a little bit of the background, and we'll, we'll, obviously we'll address yes. it the best we can. Can you ask us okay. a question in 10 seconds or less that you would want us to answer on air for everybody? Yes, please. My question is, um, as my nature is to go to the safe place, it's too much going on, the police and all of that, I've been threatened. Um, but I say this is my call for the first time. I need to keep moving forward. There is, I can't always give up because that's for me my nature. Giving up, going back, go back to California. But I'm having a lot of hurdles here, but I am very aware of my emotions. I leave it completely up to the light that will guide me what's the right thing to do. And okay. pushing myself against my true nature um, is that people around me say just give up. So I'm completely confused. Do okay. I listen to the voices around me or is it really the light that inside of me tells me this is the right thing? Okay. okay. All right. We're going to cut forward. you off. Lisa, we're going to cut you off and we're going to address it. So, so can you give it like a generic question rather than the specifics? Look, bottom line is the question, sometimes people are in a struggle for a long period of time. Larissa has been going through it for many, 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 many years. And sometimes we've seen divorces or separations Business, relationship, whatever, lasts a very long time. And obviously there's no generic way of addressing this issue. And I'm not going to go deep into her personal correction here. What I will say, something practical that could be good for everybody, is, you know, I was speaking to somebody recently and they've been in a legal battle, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the idea is there's a moment where moving on and really starting over is the most powerful thing to do. And why don't we do that? It's because we have certain attachments that we're not willing to let go. And I'll tell you something. The reason why people drag on divorce, drag on uh, financial issues, a lot of the times is around something they're afraid to give up. What are people most afraid to, to give up or to disappoint? Yes, there's financial issues, but I notice a lot of times it's the kids. You know, when it comes to the kids, all bets are off. It's like irrational, illogical, fear-based. My kids, I'm not, it's like, I'm not losing my kids. I don't care. I'm going to suffer the rest of my life. So, so I would say something about Larissa's situation, I think also revolves around kids. And I'm just totally just doing an intuitive thing here. I'm not going into the practical 
issues of her case. But sometimes you have to, even internally, and it's going to sound uh, not popular, we're about to say, but even internally. <laughs> I'll return to the popular yes, opinion yes. later. Alicia will play good cop. <laughs> sometimes we need to even close our eyes and say, you know what? Internally, I let go of my kids. Like you have to let go of your selfish attachment to them because it's that selfish attachment really to everything, not just the kids. But whatever you're afraid to lose because you're not moving forward, by not moving forward, you have to visualize and meditate to lose. Like actually meditate to let go of your children even. And you know what? Let's say your ex takes the children forever and you only see your children once a year, right? Wouldn't that be the worst scary scenario? But even that scenario is something you have to go through in your mind. You have to exercise it because the fear is what drags things on forever. And we know this from the Bible when Abraham had to go through a spiritual process of letting go of his son. It wasn't that he had to like let go of his son. He had to let go of the selfish attachment. How, however minute For many that of us, be. that is control. Right. right? That selfish, atta- selfish attachment is they're doing what I want them to do or what I think they should be doing. Exactly. And sometimes we are so keen on the idea that only I can be a good parent. That the other person can't be a good parent. Look how horrible they are. And if my kids even spent time with them, you know, I'd have the worst kids ever. Let's put it this way. I know kids who are with great parents. And if they're meant to have a horrible environment, they'll get that horrible environment. If it's not school, if it's not this, that, or the other thing. We don't have as much control as we think we have. The only thing we really control about our children is our spiritual work. And I feel confident in saying that it's how I would treat my own children to know that my true control over them is their soul is attached to my soul. And if I'm afraid, they're going to be afraid. And they're going to have a miserable life if I'm afraid. That's the bottom line. I want to share one final, and maybe this can be the, the homework for everyone as we go into the coming week. If you truly know, and this is something that I try to do because my nature is, um, you know, I go with what comes at me, right? That's kind of how I, you know. I'm trying to stay aware. I'm trying to stay present and I'm going to deal with everything that my nature, meaning you're going to hear where the effort is in a minute. My nature is to roll with the punches. You, I'll be pro me. I'll be proactive as, as needed, but I typically things move so fast in my life that I don't get the opportunity to strategize as much as, uh, some other people I know. Mm -hmm. So, what I did, what I do, and I try to do this periodically, obviously different projects take different time, you know, frames, but I try to create for myself a project that will be an effort for me. So my, my suggestion is that each of us thinks about something that they can commit to or that they can prepare or plan for that will strategically take them outside of their comfort zone. Okay. So not just, you know, the next time somebody makes me angry, I'm not going to get angry. That's one level of being proactive. Another level of being proactive is, you know, it's really an effort for me I mean, you can say physical exercise is an effort for me or uh, asking people for favors, asking people for help. Very hard for me. So I jumped in to a project that literally makes every part of my skin crawl. And I I don't want to say I'm bringing awesome energy to it. I don't want to say I'm not. But I said, you know what, this this package perfectly encapsulates everything that takes me outside of my comfort zone and helps me get to my... In, in my mind, my next level, all of this stuff is in my comfort zone. I don't have a problem asking people for favors or for help. I don't have a problem making physical effort. I don't have a – right? So I, I am – it's kind of a confessional. I am uh, spearheading this bike ride fundraiser for my kid's school. 
and I can't stand it, right? Every morning I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And I jump in and I ask the light for help and I post on the parents chat and I send emails and I, I remind people and it's so hard for me. But in the end of the day, my, my, my thinking is it's for a good cause. It's not for me. And I can use, and this is answering, we have another question about, you know, a lot of um, amazing purposes in life, amazing um, organizations and whatnot, started because somebody had a personal passion for something, right? right? A cancer, cancer foundation or a children's organization. It got started because someone was passionate about something. I'm passionate about this school. It's the only school in the world that teaches Kabbalah. But for me, it's, the, it's, it's giving me the impetus to get outside of my comfort zone and make that spiritual effort every day for the, you know, let's say it's a six week project every day I'm doing it and I'm not going to stop doing it because the goal isn't mine. And if each of us this week can pick up a reason to get outside of our comfort zone, to stretch beyond what's natural, what's easy, what's our go-to reactive responses, you will find a much more um, valuable way to, um, stretch like a, a be spiritual for a reason give it give it a, a purpose give it a a cause and then you'll find that those things do become part of your comfort zone and do become easier to do because you've you've done it not for the self alone not just because it's going to make me a better person but because the world will be better for it so whether it's about i mean the the bike ride for the for the school i can share with you more information about that but pick your cause actually it's all over my facebook page you can go to my facebook page and find out about it but but pick a reason that 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 motivates you to be better than who you are right now beautiful Beautiful. And if you enjoyed our show today, just let let us know, like, comment, and share, tag your friends that you feel who would be good to join this discussion and to learn future from us. Um, any final things that we want to tell them? This is the week where you can have clarity about your future. Make sure in your dark, difficult times not to succumb to your mood or what you feel or the boredom, but to push through and to make a decision to be creative and to reveal light. Uh, we spoke about if you're meant to be an activist, great, but that's probably only 0.001% of the population. The rest of us should should aim to change the world on a spiritual level and a consciousness level, removing our own personal negativity, and that's how we're going to be able to have full control over this world. And uh, just to close it, close it for us, Alicia. So you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, and Stitcher. You can obviously find us on Facebook here. Um, if you have comments or questions, you can continue to post them. If you're listening to the podcast, first of all, share it and review it so that we can get reach more people. But you can also email us at energyboost at Kabbalah.com. Join us here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific for the weekly Energy Boost.